This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back to the most valuable sports podcast. I'm Brandon Worth. That's Joe Nagy. And Joe, we're only four days away from spring break. Dude, spring break. I cannot wait for it. It's going to be a blast. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, you're not going anywhere, really. We're just kind of chilling out at home. Uh, not really the quintessential college kid spring break where you usually go down to, down south of Florida or, you know, hang out by the beaches. But, hey, R&R is R&R. It doesn't matter where you're at as long as you get some rest and relaxation. R&R is well-deserved. And I'm actually going to do the complete unorthodox thing over spring break. I'm going to go hit the I'm gonna go hit the mountain, shred some pow while there's still some snow <laughs> up north. So y'all can hate me for not wanting the sun. Hey, we're going to have that in two hey, months. We we're not going to have snow in two when we months. Get, when we get a, a blessing of six inches of snow just out of nowhere oh. uh, late February, then I think you just got to... Ride that out till it till it's gone. But before <laughs> but before we get to spring break, we're gonna quick hop into the show here. Got a quick little fair state sports support for you, as well as going into NCAA Division One basketball talk, highlighting the top six of the eight people all losing last weekend. What? That has never happened before. That's gonna be a pretty solid discussion, as well as time permitting a little bit of the MLB lockout possibility and not having a season this year, mm. which wouldn't be the best. But before we get into that, we have a much awaited interview, something that me and Brandon have been waiting a long time. For so we stuck. got the McCallion twins of the Ferris State hockey team coming on the show. So without further ado, let's swing it to the interview. Now joining us in studio, we got the McCallion twins, Justin and Brendan. Brendan, welcome back. Justin, it's your first time. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me for the first time. I'm glad know. to be back. Yeah, maybe try to like say your name real quick so people can understand like which ones. I mean, you guys sound like exactly. Well, I'm the same Justin, so but we sound identical, so. I don't know if I'm you're obviously here. Brendan, so good luck figuring that <laughs> we'll, out. We'll try, we'll, try our best to do, we'll try our best to differentiate. But first question for you guys, split against NMU last weekend, 7-1 lost the first game, uh, but able to bounce back 4-2 the second game. Like, What was the conversation like after the, after the Friday game to kind of come back and be able to play well? I mean, it was – obviously it's not easy, like, losing 7-1. I mean, we, we thought we prepared well, but – you know, I think it was uh, it was a good conversation that we had as a group, kind of without the coaches. We kind of, you know, had that conversation and, you know, said, hey, you know, we got to be a lot better than, than that, especially going into playoffs. And, you know, we got to play for each other. We got to have pride in, you know, the Ferris State logo that's on our jersey. And, you know, I thought the guys, you know, responded really well. And it obviously showed coming back and winning that game 4-2 on Saturday. What were your thoughts, Justin? Um, I mean, I thought, like, Friday was tough, obviously. Like, we just didn't really get a lot of bounces. And then coming into Saturday, like, I think we prepared, like, really well. Like, we, um, you know, we broke down video, and we, as a team, just knew, like, we had a lot more to give than that. You know, it was our last regular season game, and we need all the momentum that we can get going into playoffs against Michigan Tech. And thankfully, you know, it was a good bounce back win for us. For sure. Yeah, and obviously uh, last time when we talked to you, Brendan, it was before the, the Michigan Tech series, and you guys ended up playing really competitively against them, ultimately falling just short. But what did you guys see the positives coming out of that weekend, being able to take the number 14 team into basically the final minutes of both yeah. games? Um, yeah, I think it was obviously a confidence booster for us because we kind of figured out after that weekend we were going to probably end up playing them in playoffs anyway. And I think I think it's been a you know story all season is – when we're like playing our game like we're a pretty competitive hockey team we can be a really good team and I think that consistency showed that weekend and unfortunately it didn't show this past weekend but you know I think that consistency and that confidence that we had that weekend we got to bring you know this weekend up to tech and I think you know good things can happen yeah so uh, overall I thought you know that tech weekend at home was was really good for us um, you know we showed we can play with them and obviously when we went to tech earlier in the year we didn't do so well but um, obviously it's a different standpoint you know this week this upcoming weekend and um, anything could happen in playoffs and you know we're just as hopeful everyone in the room is just really excited to go up there and you know prove a lot of teams wrong so it should be a good weekend and with senior night being that night when you guys played Michigan Tech being able to experience that with each other as well as having your family there how cool is that to be able to have that yeah it was cool because like when we first started off playing college hockey, we really didn't think we were going to have a senior night together. We, yeah. you know, my parents thought you know one parent was going to have to go to one school and one parent was going to have to go to the other. So, you know, unfortunately, like the way this whole ordeal like came to be is, you know, not how we expected it to happen. But 
you know, the fact that we were able to do it together and have like our family there together was just like really special. You know, it was good. Yeah, I never thought I'd be doing a senior night with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, no, that's for sure. But so. no, I think I, I I enjoyed it. You know, it was obviously a tougher year for me with everything going on. And I think, you know, looking at the positive out of that situation is, you know, get to do this whole year with him and then doing the senior night, being, you know, with him there and doing that little senior salute, seeing him go through it because he's been here his four years. I know he's worked really hard for, you know, good things to happen. And then, Obviously, getting to spend it with you know our parents, I think that's really mm-hmm. special too, and that's something you know we'll definitely never forget. Yeah, yeah. and um, obviously we talked with you, Brendan, about the 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 Robert Morris situation that ended up getting you here, but we haven't heard Justin's side of the story of being able to hear like, oh, my brother's now going to come to play with me. What was that conversation like, and how'd you feel having to be able to skate up with your brother? Yeah, no, it was special for sure. Um, I mean, the way the whole thing happened, like obviously, you guys heard before, you know when our coaches called him right away when the whole thing happened you know in the back of my head I was I was hoping that you know we could play together and it would be awesome to play here together which thankfully we we've been able to do so but in the also I was thinking you know I didn't know really who was going to reach out to him like other schools obviously were in the picture as well and I just really wanted him to find you know the best fit for him because you know he's a good player and you know he'll help any team he goes to and just the fact that we were able to experience that that we were able to get him here and you know kind of see the presence he brings to the locker room and on the ice is something you know no one on our team takes for granted I don't really think BMC over here sees that but <laughs> um, a lot of, a lot of people you know appreciate that out That's of him, the so. thing he said to me in like <laughs> three weeks <laughs> love to see it but you know what actually kind of made you guys decide to go separate ways when you went into your collegiate career like did you kind of have any interest from RMU that you kind of talked to or did Ferris um, kind of reach out to you Brendan at all well my college recruiting experience was pr- was different than a lot of kids. You know, a lot, like I think he committed to Robert Morris. What like December, like was, Christmas? Yeah, before Christmas, my last like, year. I don't. Years. I didn't commit to Ferris until like the summer going into my freshman year. So it was pretty late for me. I was I was waiting for, to hear back from them really. But um, I I never personally talked to Robert Morris, but you know he said you know at some points they would like they were interested in you know. Or maybe gonna call me here, maybe call me there, but never really did. And then you know, in the summer, you know, I was kind of waiting for you know what school to come out, or I was probably gonna go play Division three somewhere. And Ferris called me, and I jumped on it right away. So yeah. that was a, that was another thing too. Is like we figured, um, you know, when I got recruited to RMU, um, you know, the opportunity was obviously different. He had like he hasn't got that opportunity yet. You know, at that point in juniors and. We both talked about it. We wanted to obviously play together. Like, we would have loved it. But we all, both also understand, like, we got to do what's best for each other. You know, whether that's playing together, playing separate, we got to do what's best for us. And at that time, you know, that was a you know good opportunity for me to take. And obviously, I would have loved if Justin would have been there my all four years at RMU selfishly. But, you know, it just doesn't work out that way sometimes. And, you know, now look at us. Now we're together our senior year. So, yeah, it worked out. And especially growing up, like, I mean, Brendan, you're a defenseman. Justin, you're on the offensive side. What was that kind of like when you were growing up, kind of being able to practice like your specialties with we each were, other? We were battling all the time. Like we'd fight so much in so the basement. Fights in the basement. <laughs> like so many holes in the wall. Like he's pushing me. He's yeah, pushing me through knee hockey in the, the basement, just checking each other. Well, no, like, we used to play that, and then we had like we have like a whole room. Like it's giant. We had like a net, like full sticks, tennis balls, like... And we would, like, oh actually... Like, there's one time we got in such a big fight, like, our parents threw us outside. <laughs> and, like, our neighbors called my parents and said, hey, your kids are fighting in the front lawn. And my mom and dad are like, yeah, we know. Like, just let them be. Until we finally, like, dispersed. But there's been broken sticks. I've pushed him through the wall. Yeah, it's, been, it's been a mess. I had but to redo the drywall a couple yeah, times. Yeah, more than a couple but, like, times. At, in the end of the, at the end of the day, like, it's helped us out tremendously, like, competitive-wise, like... Whatever we do, like, together, like, we're always so competitive about. So, especially, like, even in the summer, like, when we're golfing, like, we're enjoying it, but, like, we want to beat each other. Like, everything is competitive yeah, in our house. Yeah, I hate losing to you. Yeah, like, everything <laughs> in the so house is know. competitive. So. Who's, a better, who's a better golfer? Dude, we're even. Like, I hate to say that, but, like, we're pretty, like, even. <laughs> it switches off every time? It does. Like, he'll yeah. win a couple times in a row, then I'll win, then we'll go back and forth, and we'll tie. Like, I don't know, we're pretty, pretty even. Yeah, I'd we say. are pretty even. There's maybe, like, some games that, like, or some games, but like some part of his games that are better than mine. Like usually, like this past summer, like he was really good with his driver, and I was so inconsistent. So like, but when he hits his driver well, he outdrives me. 
I hate to admit that, but it's true. <laughs> but it doesn't affect the score, so yeah. you know, it's all right. Hey, you might be DeChambeau, get it 330 to the green and not be able to make a putt. There or you, you never, or maybe exactly. you fill it, just chip it in. Hey, yeah. people, get it, people get it in different ways. But uh, Joe kind of leaded it in. I mean, obviously with you guys both on the show, we would love to hear hear the, the who's better of the questions. And uh, Joe obviously started off with the first one. Uh, uh, who overall, out of you two, who do you think is the best singer out of the <laughs> two of you? Neither. Uh, we were both brutal singers. We were both horrible. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll let him take that. He can say he's a better singer, sure. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take I the crown for that. I don't want to try and sing, so I didn't want to like show people that I can try and sing. <laughs> you're, not on, you're not on the bus hitting the karaoke level? <laughs> I wouldn't even care. No, I'm not even a karaoke person. Not gonna. You don't go to shooters or anything or go hop on the karaoke machine a little bit? He I'm doesn't gonna... hop on the karaoke machine. He definitely – there's times where we sing. He just doesn't want to admit it. I mean, it just de- depends what – Bottom line is we're both awful singers. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just leave it at that. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's not too bad. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't answer. Your question. <laughs> hey, that's that's fair. All right, we'll we'll go to hockey here. We'll, we'll yeah. get the definite answers. Who's the better stick handler? Justin. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I'll just say, well, yeah, I'm, probably, I'm a forward. Probably, forward yeah, probably so being a forward, it's I a little probably, bit different. Yeah. But he's definitely developed those skills better than I have for sure. Being a forward helps, but thanks, man, Justin. Yeah, I'll take that one. All right, all right. Who's the better shooter? That one's like I, that one's tough. Like I feel like we both have really good shots. I feel like we have really. I think good like shot. we're even on that. I swear, like hate I, to say it, but like we're pretty like. I think we're even on that. I think like accuracy wise, like I think I would give it to him probably. I mean, last year he had really really good year scoring goals. This year he's been scoring a lot of goals, and you see him like fly down the wing or something. And he's just you know t- making a good shot. You know, going like top left over the blocker, just over the pad. It's like as a defenseman, like when I get those chances, I'm just. Hoping to hit the net. Like, I'm not really shooting a score unless I get, like, a grade-A opportunity, but you see this guy shoot the puck all over the place, and he scores way more than I do, so. You have go, the, do you have the better slap shot, though? Oh, yeah. I like to think so, yeah. Yeah, he For does. sure. <laughs> yeah. He never even takes slap yeah, shots. Yeah, I rarely take slap shots. I yeah. mean, sometimes, never. I mean, your power, though, you might have some more power than me. Oh, we'll see. It's a trade-off. E- either way, it balanced itself out. I'll take the power. He'll take the accuracy. Yeah. On that one. All right, all right. There respect, you go. Respect. Yeah. If both of you were put... Now between the pipes, who would stop more shots? Brendan, I would say that. Brendan, can I tell the story? Yeah. Uh, oh, story? Yeah, little story time. So, when we were younger, this is embarrassing for me too, but <laughs> whatever. Um, when we were younger, um, you know, we used to play roller hockey a lot, and there was one time there was a phase where we went through we wanted to play goalie, so we both filled As in. Every kid does. Yeah, every kid yeah. has that phase. Yeah. And we both filled in like a separate weekend, so he filled in one game. His team won. I don't know how many goals you left. I don't remember. So I won the championship game too. Yeah, I he won the championship way. game. Respect, mm-hmm. respect. Following weekend, I decide to strap up the pads. Our team gets mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Let up seven straight, lose whatever, and I'm just like, I'm never putting the pads on ever again. So he can <laughs> on the bright that. side, though, you could have just switched off the off the jersey and it's still same kid. Well, so really, don't that's know true, you. but I'll give him that one. But yeah, I will. After that, I never even went near pads ever again. So. <laughs> well, I remember when we were younger, like in the basement, when we had like our set of pads, like yeah. I would always get in the pads too, and I'd always like let him shoot on me just because I don't. I liked it. I don't know. But there was one time he would score on me a lot, and I get really mad. And, that's when the fights are starting. That's, that's, that's when he pushed me through the drywall. And I actually, <laughs> I actually broke. So it was right after Christmas. We both got brand new sticks, like the top of the line sticks that year. And he was scoring on me so much, he was just making me so mad. And I was just furious. And I grabbed like his brand new stick. And I just whacked it over the crossbar. Broke oh, it in half. Oh, man. And then I learned my lesson because I had to go to the store that day because we had practice. I went to the, like Piranis, like the hockey store, and I had to buy him a brand new stick, whichever one he wanted. $260 right my down bank the drain. Account. Dang. Yep. So I learned my lesson. How, wait, how old are you when that happened? Middle school? I don't know, probably like 11, 12. Somewhere Dang, that's like, that's like your life savings. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's your whole that's savings That's my like, three summers of allowance. Yeah. Are you both, wait, are you both righties or lefties? In hockey? Yeah. I'm a righty. He's a righty. I'm a left. We're opposite in everything we do. Dang. Really? Literally, that's Nate, interesting. Literally opposite. Yep. I write with my right hand. He writes with his left. I play hockey left. He plays hockey right. I golf left. He golfs right. I shoot a basketball right-handed. Shoots a basketball left-handed. Bang. Uh, That's weird. Polar opposites, but yeah, really. twins at the same time. Like, I think the only thing we do the same is kick with our right foot. Yeah. Other, huh. other than that, everything's complete opposite. Hey, That is very interesting. <laughs> Even when we were younger, like I liked ketchup. He liked mustard. Wow. I drank chocolate milk. He drank white milk. That might just be a coincidence, though. But chocolate milk is unmatched, though. So but I now I love chocolate milk, though. 
Dude, chocolate milk. Like, especially I learned my lesson. Dude, going to rock, especially unlimited <laughs> chocolate milk. <laughs> you kidding me? That's hey, the best. That's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who's the more of superstitious? Because we heard Brennan's side of the story, but we don't know your side, Jamek. Do you have more? I don't know if I have more. I might. Or what's different, I should say. I think... What's a different part of your routine? Yeah, go for it. Well, he told you, like, what we do, like, before the game. I mean, I'm not, like, like, he said he started his, like, Thursday night, like, with the boots and everything. Like, I don't do that. I mean, sometimes I'll do it. Sometimes I won't. It depends how I'm feeling. But, like, you know, I wake up Friday morning. I usually have, like, the same meal, like a light, like, bowl of oatmeal or something. Go to the rink, you know, stretch, foam roll, tape my stick, get on the ice for morning skate, do whatever. And then after morning skate, I... I like to say, like, it's really detailed, but I'll just give you, like, the, the gist of it. But, like, I'll go home, you know, we'll hang out, go to pregame meal, eat that, and I'll go home, and I'll, like, get right in bed. I'll, like, sit on my laptop for, like, a half hour, 45 minutes, like, just watching, like, videos or, like, Netflix or something. Yeah. And then take a nap. And when I get up from my nap, I, you know, shower. I got to get dressed the same way, though, when I put my suit and tie on and everything. Yeah. Left side first for everything, like sock, pant leg, shoe. The same thing in the locker room, too. Yeah. And then, like, I go to the rink. First thing I do is I get, get in, like, my, my Under Armors and all that stuff, um, do a little bit of stretching, tape my stick, and then I go play soccer. And then um, what else is there? And then usually, like, when we go do our, like, dynamic warm-up, I'll listen to music from that point. And then I, from right from, like, our dynamic warm-up, I go sit in, like, the boots for 15 minutes. And I literally, like, run in the locker room and get dressed because we only have, like, 10 minutes or something left to get dressed at that point. Then I'm not, even going, not going to go into detail, but on the ice warm-up, I do, like, the same thing every single time. Creature habit, though. Yeah, like, same exact thing, like, just, just – it's just too much to like even level off. <laughs> Got to do the same exact like warm ups and everything. Every yeah, time. like in between each drill, like it's just it's crazy. So I'm not even gonna go into that. I'm not gonna take up the whole five minutes to talk about. <laughs> it. The thing is, like I think he's, I'd say he's more superstitious because he like sticks with like he doesn't change his stuff. Like I feel like sometimes like I'll catch myself changing things, like all the time. But like I, but like if I'm on, on like a cold streak, like I'll change something like very like minuscule. Yeah, a little. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, don't throw out the whole thing though. No, yeah. but like, yeah. So like, even when I'm getting dressed, like I put everything left first. The only thing that goes on right hand, right side first is my elbow pad. Don't know how that came to be, or what, but just happened. just started somehow. Yeah. You just had to had to keep going. Yeah. So there's a there's a bunch. I'm not gonna get into all of it just to save some time. But. <laughs> yeah. That's but no, I would say we're both like equally like superstitious. That's not equal in a lot of things. But I I do like to change a little bit. Like the the past couple games, I've been kind of cold. I haven't had a pointer or anything. So, like, there's just, like, little things I've noticed myself that Mm -hmm. I've just, like, changed. I'm like, you know what? Like, today I'm just not going to do it or change up a little bit and see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Very interesting. Superstitions. Especially with college hockey players. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's something that kind of goes under under the radar. It's such, like, a mental... Every That's guy has a superstition, whether whether they like to say it or not. I know every guy in our locker room has. They do something like the same every game day. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a, definitely a hockey thing, as I'm sure it is for like all sports. All athletes are like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Absolutely. you guys mentioned uh, earlier uh, before we started recording, uh, you guys are leaving tomorrow after practice, head up to MTU, long bus ride, uh, but it's CCHA plows, and Houghton is probably one of the toughest places in CCHA to play. They got great fans. We saw their ability to travel uh, on senior night. Uh, you know, what's the approach to going to a very, very tough game against a South Husky squad in a, a very hostile environment? Um, I think, like, honest to God, like, it's going to be a tough place to play. I mean, it's always tough to play there no matter what, but for playoffs it's going to be even harder. But I think a lot of guys in our room will, like, feed off, like, the crowd and the energy. Like, a lot of guys, like, this week have just been, like, I – there's been like I'm actually like excited. I mean everyone's excited yeah. to play there, but everyone's like the crowds are gonna be in the game, like and it'd just be awesome to like go there and just like shut yeah. them down. You, you know? feed off kind of like the negative energy yeah. more or you just kinda tune that out? I mean, usually like in a game, like I, I don't even like hear like the crowd in a game. I don't because I just don't pay attention to it. Yeah. yeah. I mean sometimes I do, but like for the most part, like I'm just so like focused. Focused on the game where I don't even like think about it. But there it's going to be hard to, but I think it's going to be such a hard place to play. And they play so well at their rink, but we just have to bring our best. I don't know. The thing I like about playoffs, I think it's like a mental thing for everyone. It's a new season. 
Like yeah. literally the regular season, zero, zero. it doesn't mean anything anymore. Like rankings, like whether you're first, second, seventh, like whatever you are, it doesn't matter anymore. Like new season, like everything's flat, new surface, like anything can happen. We just go play a good couple hockey games and, you know, we can come out and win those games. Yeah, for sure. And we wish you guys the best of luck for those uh, this series Thank upcoming. You. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. We know you guys got a busy schedule and stuff like that. Got to get the superstitions as well before you guys head out on the road. But thank you guys so much for coming yeah, on. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, Appreciate it. Us. Once again, huge thanks to Brendan and Justin for coming on the show. They got a busy week coming up with the start of the CCHA playoffs. So for them to take some time out of their busy schedule is something that we really appreciate from all of our athletes that come onto the show. But we're going to hop right into the Fair State Sports Report and obviously start on the ice. Uh, hockey team went up to Northern Michigan, up in Marquette. Got the split on the weekend, 7-1 loss the first night on Friday, but able to 4-2 uh, W on the second night. We'll start with a we'll, we'll start with a tough one. Seven one is all, isn't always the best. A majority of our team got in the minus with a plus minus categories, so you hate to see that one. But regardless of the score, I think you can still take away some good positives about it. Seeing that we didn't really let this game get too, we had short term memory, I guess you could say. We didn't have the best performances, but we bounced back. Yeah, I mean, really, the energy coming out of the periods was just. Sucked away immediately. I mean, a minute 18 in the first goal of the game for the Wildcats, and then a minute 32 into the second period after already being down 2-0. They, they certainly got theirs in bunches, and that's been the thing that we've struggled with this year. But, I mean, you got to give Northern credit. I mean, they played well, and especially after that weekend at Bowling Green where they really got, did some damage. And, I mean, they're showing that they're a pretty lethal team. And mm-hmm. offensively, they, they're, they're a really good offensive team. I mean, there's a reason why they're one of the best goal-scoring teams in the entire conference. So, I mean, 36 shots is hard to, is hard to take against. And just the fact of they always get, it seems like, in quality as well just because you put up a bunch of shots doesn't mean you're necessarily going to win the game. But, I mean, they certainly put theirs in the net, and it was really tough for us. And, I mean, it really made the weekend series starting to feel sour already just because going in we were like, we just wanted to get that punch. And obviously we did Saturday. We bounced back really well with that win. But, I mean, Friday was just a little bit. It was a little punch in the mouth. But Mm -hmm. I do believe, even though we weren't at the game, I do believe that Friday – that, that Friday gut-wrenching loss, I think, put, put a little bit of passion in the boys for the Saturday game because they played yeah, much sure. better that game. And we played pretty clean. I mean, only three infractions for us uh, the whole game, only six penalty minutes, one coming near the end with Marshall. I mean, we had to go five on four for the last part. But we held Northern to zero for zero, or zero for three on the power plays. We were able to get one uh, when we had the man advantage. So I think that's the one thing that we can take a pretty good look away is usually when we have the man advantage, we're able to get set up. The problem is we don't always get the most shots off. Mm -hmm. But regardless, when we are able to see that success, I think that's going to be solid for when we have to take on Michigan Tech in the opening round. But then we're going to hop into Saturday. 4-2, that one was a lot better of a game uh, of Every single fresh, or not every single freshman, but every goal scored was scored by a freshman on the team, which mm-hmm. was super cool to see, to see our young core, you know, get involved and be able to kind of have some success late in the season. That's something that you love to see. That is something that you love to see with this program, just showing that the youth is building upward in this program and you see you see the light at the end of the tunnel and what it could be based off of this night. But I mean, that was a super cool experience, just the fact of... It was a really like a gritty first period, uh, chances both ways, none of them go finding the back of the net. And then Northern gets their first goal, and the response in the turnaround was absolutely huge. Ergang scoring, I believe it was 39 seconds later, and then yeah. Mitch scoring at the end of the second, giving us the lead, and then being able to just play cleanly the whole way through. And the insurance goal by Nardicia at on the empty net at the end. So it was just a good way to wrap up regular season play, and I think that's one of the, you know, even though you lost on Friday, even though the chips were down going into Saturday, being able to come back, deliver that punch, and being able to ride that into Michigan Tech is going to be huge because that's going to be a scenario where we might likely see them next weekend is how are they going to respond when Tech's powerhouse offense is able to get in the net and then they're just going to have to stifle on the wall and defensively. How are we going to be able to punch back after being scored on because that's been that's been one of the things this year is when when we're able to be able to score early but then the other teams come back with a response what do we respond with the responsiveness has been the thing that's been a little inconsistent this year because especially with of course 
third period woes have been a big part of this team and the big story around it. But this is one thing that you say they can turn it around and they can show that they can do and play better with this response. So this is definitely a positive going into this week because it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. We saw that this this last weekend, but we showed we can play them tough. Doesn't matter if they're number 14 in the country. Doesn't matter if they're two in the conference. We played them tough that whole last weekend, and we can do the same this upcoming. Yeah, for sure. And that's a good thing, too, to toss it back to uh, Saturday's game. Uh, You know, Northern Michigan and Michigan Tech are some of the hardest places to play, I think, in, well, definitely the CCHA, and you can make the argument for all across the nation. I mean, there's not too many that rival, uh, you know, Dog Pound used to be that, kind of fell off a little bit, but to be able to go into a Saturday game where a lot of people are expecting another big loss for you, uh, and then just be able to, you know, silence the crowd and play really well, that's a big thing. And like you mentioned with the third period, not having those third period woes was huge. Uh, being able to score first, I think, in the third period is something that's going to be on our minds, and that's going to be the thing that's going to put us ahead uh, for uh, this game upcoming with these games upcoming with Michigan Tech. Uh, but you know, just to be able to see that these guys are able to bounce back after a tough loss, la- tough loss two weekends ago, and then obviously the loss uh, again to Northern Michigan, you you really love to see it because yeah. being able to score four goals against them isn't always the easiest. Uh, you know, usually when we play them, it's pretty high scoring, but Northern Michigan does have a pretty solid defense, and this is a huge win uh, before we head into March four uh, in a couple days. Yeah, the defensemen played really well. I wanted to give shout out to them because I mean, giving up seven goals, obviously. That that's a that's a punch you don't want to take yeah. at, at any level of hockey. And the way they were able to respond and be able to hold them to two the next game, even though Northern had more shots on, and they had more shots on net, and yeah. they they did a great job being able to get the blocks. Since I mean, even getting able to create opportunities. I mean, Evan now put a shot on net, which ended up leading to one of the goals off of a rebound. So I mean, just those opportunities from them was absolutely huge. And I mean, really, when you look at what this team is growing. I mean, last this last year, this the defense line was super young. Freshman sophomores playing their first piece of D1 hockey, and they're going out to play Michigan Tech. They're going out to play the number one seeded Mavericks, and that's not an easy thing to do. That is super tough, and the experience for them is starting to come over. And we're seeing those glimpses of, hey, when they can click. I mean, we're not maybe we're not saying the the Red Wings type of you know click as yeah. of yet, but you can see those little glimpses of what can happen. And I mean, this young group can really turn it around in some nights. And when we have seen that, it's made hockey so much more fun to watch. And I think if we continue this progression, we continue to see this improvement, we're going to see the dog pound hopefully get back to where it was before. Because when it is bumping. It's up there. It it's, really it's, has to it's be up tough there. To, it's tough to beat that, and I think that's one thing that I would love to see in our college career uh, is see a packed dog ha- dog pound. That is really cool to Eat see. Uh, but a packed house uh, was for basketball last week, so we're going to swing on over to the hardwood. Gleak champs, baby. Regular Gleak season. Chips. Sealing the north, sealing the whole thing. Uh, we were able to share the title uh, with Michigan Tech, right? Yeah, technically. So, that so I, we're te- we're shared but not shared. Kind if of. If that makes sense. Kind of. So I the technical is shared because records are the same. In reality, we're viewed as a champ because head to head we beat we them be, twice. Yeah, we beat That's them both what times. The, the bottom line is, and the weird thing about that share, I mean, I had a conversation with a buddy over the weekend, and it's like, well, do, why don't they consider the head to head record as a tiebreak? I don't know. I don't know how that really rolls. But either way, we cut down the nets. That's all that matters. We're still Gleak champs. There's just another name with an asterisk next to it. And that's that's all that really needs to know about that. But, I mean, you're right. It was bumping. It was a magic. It was really... Like I went to call, it was a magical night. I mean, obviously, congrats, Coach Bronx, two hundred career call or win at Fair State. That's huge, and just showed what he's done with this program has been awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, no doubt, congrats to him. Uh, and really, this this game kind of went. I wouldn't want to say like completely off script, but I think this was a game that people kind of didn't expect based off of what we had seen. Like we thought they were going to come out guns a blazing against this team. I mean, we saw a higher score game, but Michigan tech likes to slow down the tempo and Mm -hmm. we weren't afraid to also play that way. But I mean, really one of the biggest things in this one was we were able to capitalize in this, such a gritty of a game. Cause I mean, there were turnovers there were lots of fouls and really it seemed like who was going to make those big plays in the big moments 
and who is going to be able to take the freebies? Who is going to hit the free yeah. throws? We went 23 of 25 from the line. That came huge, especially down the stretch going into overtime. I mean, that was pretty much one of the biggest moments was down the stretch. And, I mean, obviously, Walt shot, of course, seen Dude, all over the internet. Ridiculous. That, but when that guy is able to take over, you can just you can just see that the atmosphere changed completely. Like yeah. You knew the ball was going to be in his hands. And, of course, he delivered. Well, the... And, Really, really well needed. It's yeah. been a long time since we've seen that, and yeah. it was cool. And well, the th- the thing about when Walt takes over, it's like you can just feel the energy in the in the whole stadium get even much better because you know you had the football team on the side that are when we played Michigan Tech, we honored I think it was what the football team, yep. the tennis team. Uh, you know, there, it was a packed house, and the football team really showed out with their support. I mean, they made that they made Maybe the atmosphere a little too ridiculous. much. <laughs> Maybe a little bit too much, but I think that's the one s- thing is. Like we got a lot of chance going. Like the the crowd was into it. I think like when we got the ball, there was tons. However, the thing is, Michigan Tech. It doesn't matter what sport it is, they travel, and yes. it's ridiculous because they were they were matching it. I mean, we outnumbered them probably, you know, six people to one, but they were pretty darn near close to being as loud as us, and that's the really impressive part. But you know, we were able to, you know, send it to overtime, which was ridiculous. That was just like. Probably the coolest moment I've ever seen from Bulldog basketball. And then, you know, when that happened, one of the football players did crowd the court, went on there. I think he thought that we won the game, so he was, like, going to celebrate with the team. Yeah, and it ended up being know. a tech that got awarded, a, uh, or a technical foul that got awarded to Michigan Tech, and then they had one of their guys shoot it. He missed it, thankfully. Uh, but then we went into OT, and we were able to seal the deal with two free throws from Dorian, which was really cool. I wrote a piece about it, so if you want to give a quick little check on the, on the torch.com, you can see my piece about it. But regardless, that was a huge game, absolutely awesome atmosphere, and a really good uh, booster for the late part of the season. However, when we welcomed Northern Michigan to town a couple days later, not the greatest uh, thing that we would have saw. We did lose that game, um, ninety-three to eighty-seven, thanks to just a ridiculous performance by Max Bjorklund uh, of the Wildcats. That was tough because we went into the second half with a fifteen-point lead, uh, and you know I just don't really know what happened. We just kind of fell apart with our defense, and we let him get hot, which wasn't the best. But you know, what are you gonna do about it? Yeah, I was unfortunately not able to attend this game due to a family commitment. I know Joe was there, and I was following along. And I mean, it it looked all, it looked okay the first half. I mean, we had some. We, we started, had some, yeah. We, I mean, we were up fifteen. I we mean, we were that, starting to we were starting to pick it up with some with some shots yeah. and being able to kind of fill it up from three. And then we were just doing pretty solid. But then I just don't know what happened. It must have just been that second half speech that Northern's coach gave him that just lit a fire under him because they just went crazy yeah i can't describe the feeling when you're following along uh on this game on your phone and you're just seeing it slowly like getting chunked away and you keep seeing a common name and you're just like of course all of us on our couch like well jets guard number four it's not that hard take him out but based off of what i was hearing from joe and what i was hearing from some other people especially on the radio with uh, rob and sandy on the call there was not much that anybody could do it didn't the matter. Guy it, literally could not miss. Yeah. It didn't matter if you had a hand just like pushing on his face, if you gave him contact or whatever. It's just if he got the ball, you knew he was going to shoot it. And he got the ball off a lot of give and goes. He would dribble maybe two two dribbles past the half court line, let it fly. You know, there was maybe one shot that he was just wide open. And that was the first one that kind of led this train or whatever. But the guy had 40 second half points. 40. 40 second half points, dude. He's 14 of 15. What are you even talking about? That is absolutely ridiculous. He he went 9 for 10 in the second half. And I don't think you can really do much about that, especially when, you know, they're coming off a huge win against uh, Lake State, too, where they had multiple guys in 20-point range. And I think when you look at that game, it's like, what what are you going to do if that happens in Gliak? You know, like, what are you going to kind of look at when you need to get a stop against this guy who's hot? Like, well, how are you going to stop him down? And I think that's the one thing that a lot of guys were talking about. I talked to Dorian a little bit after the game as well, and he was like, that was a learning moment for us, kind of being able to learn how to stop him. Uh, because when a guy's having an individual performance like that and the other teams and the team's not really picking up, you know, kind of the scraps or anything like that, you're able to find, like, all right, if we're able to shut this guy down, that's what we need to do. But how is that going to happen? And I think that's the big thing to uh, to get ready for when we play Davenport because I'm not sure if they have a lot of guys who are able to take over and kind of have that effect. But regardless, I mean, if we go into it thinking that they don't have any guys, one of them's going to 
you know, pop off and that's not going to be the best thing for us. Yeah. And I mean, especially like we had some respond some responses um, to Max later in the court in the second half, but it just seemed like we just didn't have enough answers. And I mean, that's something that happens in the game of basketball. I mean, there's going to be somebody that gets hot and you know that he's going to get the rock. And sometimes it's just, it just feels supernatural that when those types of things happen, like, hey, is this really even possible? Like, can this guy literally go 9 of 10 from 3 and get 40 points to win this team? Well, that's what happened. Yeah. And it is a learning experience. And I like the fact that he said, and he uh, he recognized that because, I mean, there's been some times where uh, o- over the last couple of games where, like, they've admitted, like, yeah, we, we just haven't been, at, we haven't been the same team as of late. And, and that's a hard thing to take as a fan because I mean we want the best for these guys and just seeing those things happen it's just like we don't want to see that right because we want them to continue the success and we want them to model the success that we've had in years past and just seeing these games kind of slip away is something that you're just like well now what if we had when four more lo- or four less losses over this season when we look in the record books and that's something that you don't want to look at, but sometimes you just do look at, right? Like the twenty the twenty eighteen national championship team. What if they went undefeated? What if the Lake State bump didn't happen? You know, undefeated, mm-hmm. one of the greatest teams in Division Two history, one hundred percent. And that's just something that you look back and you're like, man, I wish that wouldn't happen. But I mean, you got to give credit though. I mean, Northern Mid played well and they got themselves in good position on the tournament. But I mean, I like our chances. Being able to have Davenport at home, I think, is a great. A great little motivational piece because we lost this team in Caledonia last time we played them. And I know that hasn't sat well with those guys. And being able to get back to them on our home floor after what Max did, I -hmm. think is really going to juice some of these guys up. Because, I mean, we've had a couple games where Lee Higgins hasn't been at the same point production. We've seen some of the bench being a little bit slower. And we're we're not necessarily criticizing them, but Mm -hmm. we just want to see them heat up and being able to provide when some guys don't have the same scoring output. Like when Walt has, we didn't have the necessarily the same scoring output in the middle of the season. Seeing guys like Dorian and Lee and Ben stepping up was absolutely huge. Seeing those things over the tournament are going to be well needed to combat performances like we saw from Max from other teams. Yeah, for sure. And Northern Michigan kept it rolling uh, on Thursday, uh, the game before that. So we'll go into some scores from around the Gliac. 102-69 win over Lake Superior State. They had, I think, four guys uh, in double digits and three guys in the 20s. So you can't really stop much uh, with that one. And then, uh, obviously, we beat Michigan Tech 76-72 to in that OT thriller. Uh, Grand Valley uh, played host to, or traveled to Wayne State and then were able to win 62-53 to on the road. Uh, Davenport took on Saginaw Valley, got the win 67-62 on Thursday, Whoa. and then Northwood was able to pick up a late season win to boost their record a little bit, 74-66. to uh, They are still bottom of the GLAC though. And then Parkside played a late out-of-season contest against East-West University. Did not know that that was a thing that seems East like... East-West University? That seems more like What is this, a, Key and Peel? I know, like, exactly. what? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> what? But they got the win regardless, 74-53. And then Saturday, Michigan Tech was able to bounce back, and that's the reason why it's the shared GLIAC asterisk, and they were able to get the 65-56 win over Lake State. Uh, Parkside, uh, best in Northwood, 79-74. Grand Valley lost to Saginaw Valley, 66-64. And then Davenport was able to get the win against Wayne State, 90-64. So some momentum for them there to go into the tournament. But here's what we're going to be seeing tomorrow on Wednesday, which is the quarterfinals opening round of the GLIAC. Number 8 Davenport is going to be traveling to here at 7.30 p.m. Grand Valley State is going to be at Saginaw Valley State, the 4-5 matchup at 7 p.m. And then Northern Michigan is going to play host to Lake Superior State at 7 p.m. as well. That's the 3-6 and six matchup. And then Michigan Tech, our brothers at the top, number 2 versus number 7 Parkside at 7.30 p.m. up in Houghton. So it's going to be a good week of GLIAC playoff basketball. Yeah, and that'll be fun. I'm still, I'm sorry, I'm still flabbergasted of East West University. <laughs> I know, I had that to feels Google like, it. it's, a private, feels like... U- it's a private university in Chicago. It's founded in 1980. And I don't know how necessarily you come up with a name of just East West University. It's like the, uh, it's like when somebody gets like questioned, like if they're going to college or if, like they dropped out secretly and they're like, oh yeah, what college are you going to? Um... East West University, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're it's like, like that's not that's real. not real. That but cannot then, be real. And then you Google it, and it's like it's oh, real. It didn't Man. exist. Crazy that's name. So crazy weird. what names you can have in a D two university, right? East West University. 
That's funny. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, let's build this. Let's build a college. Oh, what do you want to name it? Well, what cardinal directions does it face? Uh, east, <laughs> well, yeah, west. What size do you have a point on? But that's funny. But. Yeah. Yeah, I, that, I don't know. What to, I don't know. Yeah, I don't that's know what just to say a funny thing to say. Anyway. But we're gonna hop into women's basketball right here. Uh, they were able to get the weekend uh, split as well. Could not beat Michigan Tech earlier uh, in the week on Thursday, but they did get the seventy-two to sixty-two win on Saturday against Northern Michigan. So we'll hop into the Michigan Tech one first. This one was a pretty tough one because uh, you know they just played pretty well uh, all throughout the game. They made some threes. There was a couple of turnovers that kind of proved costly. But you know when you have uh, Michigan Tech number forty-two. They're they're num- they're five getting twenty-three, and then just being a beast on the rebounds. Like, well, you you really can't be doing much there. Yeah, Sarah Dax really hurt us down low in the Tech game. She was phenomenal. She had twenty-three points, uh, and I mean we had some good responses late. I mean we were able to hit some shots. I mean not necessarily the qual like the fact we were twenty-five percent shooting from th- from the three-point line was something that you were just like, man, we just could not buy a bucket. Now, near, near later in the game, I mean, Mallory hit some big ones, uh, and the, those were huge. And just seeing the that we were still scrapping, we were still fighting, and really being able to put up a good fight, because, I mean, really, I mean, we we were outscoring them uh, in the third quarter, and then we outscored them in the fourth quarter at one point, and despite such a slow. I mean, we only had seven first quarter points. I mean, we started off really slow. There was just nothing that was falling. And that wasn't necessarily from bad offense. It was just simply like we had a couple layups that literally just rolled out. Just the, the mm-hmm. worst luck of all. And I mean, the, that, that I wouldn't necessarily see came back and hurt us. But I mean, being able to come back, I think definitely shows the resiliency of this team and being able to make it a close fight down the stretch. Because I mean, it was, it was. Oh, a distant lead for a portion of it. I want to say it was somewhere around eight with a minute to go, but we just kept scrapping, kept getting it closer and closer, getting points from the line, and being able to hit some big shots uh, really kept us in the game. And I mean, we were able to force a couple, a couple key turnovers uh, for Tech to get back in it, but just ran out of time. That's simply what happened in this one. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's tough because we have three. Three team, uh, three team members who got over double digits, which is something that usually you're able to see a, a W on the count. But I think just the even spread of points on Michigan Tech side was kind of the thing that pushed them off. So, I mean, we couldn't uh, secure the GLIAC North title on Friday, but then on Saturday, able to do it against Northern Michigan, 72-62, to a big win there, uh, you know, we just were in control that whole game, I think, which is surprising because Northern Michigan is tall. They have, I think they're... I've, I've, when I was looking at their roster, I think their average height was like 5'10", 5'11". Like, they had like four girls over six foot one, I think it was. And, you know, one of their players, I forget her name. Uh, I'm going to try to look it up. But she had like that Larry Bird release. And anything within maybe like 15 feet, it was just like, it's going in the bucket. Uh, but we were able to really stay in control that whole time. Able to claim the Gleak North title for, was it second, third year in a row? Something like that. So we played really well there. Uh you know, Chloe and Zoe, uh, they both shared the 16, able to almost lead the Bulldogs, but Caden came off the bench at, with 20, and then Adrian with 11. So a very solid performance from everybody. Uh, Mallory with a with a uncharacteristic zero points. However, she did pretty well with the assist yes. with eight, which eight is something that you love to see. It. But there was a little bit of a scare because she did uh, have a little bit of a spill uh, that kind of was a little bit scary because she... Uh, I think it was like her ankle. I think she might have just like rolled it pretty hard uh, when she was going for an out-of-bounce ball. So you hate to see that. But she was able to make a pretty quick return. So regardless, I mean, W's W. We got it. Gleak North Champs. We're hosting tomorrow. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. We're going to be... We're going to be stoked for the Saginaw Valley game. I mean, that's a team that I love when we were able to play against because it's always a good game. But, I mean, for like Tech, they're much better than their record. Indicates for one. And, I mean, Northern also plays really scrappy as well. And, I mean, you mentioned the the height difference was something I also noticed. But, I mean, our our forwards took that as a challenge. I mean, yeah. Chloe, you mentioned with 16 points, that was big, even though she was really at a disadvantage rebounding-wise, was still able to contribute. And, I mean, Zoe also did well. She picked up the rebounding share with seven boards. With her 16 points, lighting it up from three, four of seven. And, yeah, you mentioned uh, Caden off the bench. I mean, I, that was a pretty cool um, – a, a pretty cool uh, tribute to to Samantha Kraus, who's the senior on senior day, able to mm-hmm. start. That was pretty cool. But you knew Caden was going to be in the game down the stretch when needed to. But she contributed huge with the twenty and also seven boards. So I mean, really able to. Can, I mean, really able to to pick it up. I mean, we were trailing after the first quarter. Not a not an uncommon mo, but the response was huge. And I mean, we were able to hit a lot more shots in this game as opposed to the Tech mm-hmm. game. 
And I mean, we were out. We were able to outscrap a pretty scrappy team, and that's something that you need, especially in this month called March, where frankly, it doesn't matter what your record indicates. It doesn't matter what your seed. It's who, whoever can play the best on a given day is going to move on. And I mean, it was a challenge to play a team like this that can present some challenges. And I mean, you mentioned the height category already, Joe, but outscoring him in the paint, being able to get more second chance points, yeah, I mean, that's a good recipe for success, right? And there. And I think the big thing too uh, that really gave us a lot of momentum to go in that second half was just the disparity of uh, totals between that first and second quarter for Northern. I mean, scoring 23 at first, then we're holding them under double digits uh, in the second. That really kind of takes your takes the wind out of the sails when you go to the locker room. And I mean, when you're cold in the second quarter and then you go a whole halftime not really being able to shoot and kind of pra- or keep, you know, get the fire going a little bit, then that's really tough. And then we were able to do that in the third quarter with 26 to their 15. And, I, and you know, that was kind of the the difference maker uh, because we just kind of had to match them in the fourth. So that was just a really really solid showing, I think, of what we were able to do. Uh, you know, on on Saturday, that was a really good game to be at. Uh, the atmosphere was really good uh, for the women's game. Uh, there was a lot more than uh, you know for a Saturday game. Usually, you don't have a lot of students there or anything like that. But there was actually a lot of people there, which was really cool to see. And there was it was getting loud. It was getting rowdy. Um, the, the dads up uh, up on the top row were letting the rest know what, what they were thinking too so uh, it was just a really cool really cool experience especially for them to be able to uh, claim the GLIAC North there but we're going to go into some scores from around the GLIAC for the women's side on Thursday Northern Michigan was able to top 59-51 to 51 against Lake Superior State but got the weekend split against us and then Grand Valley uh, kept it rolling uh, they are what still number 2 in the nation or number 1 with that win I can't remember I think they're flirting with it number two i think probably they're not undefeated and i think the number one team is undefeated still uh but they've got the win 63 to 54 against wayne state uh and then northwood got a w against purdue northwest 75 to 67 when they traveled all the way to indiana and then saginaw valley with a w against davenport 65 to 57 and then the saturday michigan tech uh beat lake superior state they are still struggling on the lower side of the gleak standing 78 to 63 uh parkside was lost to a very high scoring game 91 to 96 Ooh. against Northwood and then Jeez. Grand Valley closed out the regular season and claimed the overall GLIAC champions and the South champions 56 to 49 with a win against Saginaw Valley so you know Saginaw Valley is going to be gunning for us in this opening round and then Davenport uh, lost against Wayne State 74 to 35 but what we can expect for tomorrow uh, at 6 and 530 for a lot of these teams Northern Michigan the number 8 seed is going to be taken on Grand Valley uh in Allendale, and then the 4-5 matchup, Northwood and Michigan Tech, uh, they're going to be in Houghton. So that one's going to be pretty solid as well. And then Wayne State's going to be hosting Parkside, and then we're obviously gonna, at 5-30 going to be hosting Saginaw Valley State. So honestly, a pretty wide open floor between 1, or probably 2, 3, 4, and 5, I'd say, and then even Saginaw Valley 2 at 7. Uh, you know, We could really see some upsets here, and that's the one thing I'm going to be looking forward to, is that's what you love to see in March. March Madness. That's, that's what, what they I mean, that, that's, that's what they call it, and that's, that's why, why it's a deserving name. name. So it's going to be fun. But anyway, moving on over now in the Fair Stage Sports Report, track and field GLIAC Indoor Championships has concluded. 14 top 10 efforts at the championships. Good to see. Uh, I believe one of our one of our teammates actually did a little bit of historical research and uh, found that our, our results for the at least the men's side was one of the higher scoring uh, championships we had in a while, which is really cool to hear. Uh, and I mean, definitely... You can you can see if you look, if you wanted to look up the the scores that I mean we didn't score that much but people don't realize like the GLIAC as far as running track and field cross country is by probably by far the most dominant Division two conference in the entire nation mm-hmm. and there's no question and it's really hard when you look at other other conferences and you're like all right I just finished. 15th in this race when I could have finished fifth in another one it just it's really hard to take that but I love the competition of that and I mean I really enjoyed uh, improving my race this weekend a lot of my teammates did really well as well Ray Lee runner up in the 60 69 point or 6.91 seconds a huge PR for him and only in his first championship he's gonna have more to come in outdoor I can't wait to see that uh, also finished eighth in the 200 Dakota Simpson scored three points in the 400 with a 49.68 as well for him a PR. Uh, Donis Harris, fifth in the 5K. Shout out to Donis and his interview on our show. 1441 in the 5K. And then sixth in the 3K at 823. Huge points for him. 
and also second fastest time in school history in the 5K indoors. So that was a cool thing to see as well. Uh, four by four team for of e, uh, Randall Cooch, Noah Jones, Andrew Shaffley, and Dakota Simpson uh, finished sixth. And the, um, we're also sixth in the distance relay or DMR distance medley relay. Miller missed out one on one of the letters there. Yeah. Uh, finished sixth as well on the women's side. Uh, Brianna Copley seventh in the shot put, getting two points for the ladies. Danae Felschbosch as a freshman scored our, a single point with the eighth place finish in the eight hundred. Congrats to her. Hannah Brock just outside at tenth in the mile. Uh, Claudia Wilkinson tied for eighth in the high jump. Uh, Emma Stefan also eighth in the weight or in the weight throw. And the DMR group finished six as well as a 4 by 4 finishing seventh to score some of those points. So both teams definitely performed very well. Uh, I mean, really hard to compete against this conference. And, I mean, we're, we're just getting started. So really looking forward to seeing how outdoor goes. Have a little bit of a break here to, you know, catch some R&R. But then, you know what, we'll be right back at it. And we'll get it at outdoors. Yes, but that's going to be. Keep sleeping. Keep sleeping on be, us. That's going to be awesome for you guys. Can't wait for outdoor to start up. But closing out the Fair State Sports Report now, we have the men's tennis team. Uh, they took on Grace uh which I think is in Indiana, I think, because we talked about how Grace it was College. Grace College, not, not Grace University, the yes. difference of the one between Michigan and Indiana. But staying 6-0 overall this year, 4-0 at home, which is a big thing for us. Uh, small fire broke out of this one. What? So that was crazy. Fire. Yep, our buddy Dylan Ryder at the Torch, we had him on a couple uh, episodes ago, so a special shout-out to him. He texted me a picture of a burnt uh, tennis ball that what? got stuck on the radiator. <laughs> oh, and, snap. Uh, and, uh, you know, Caused a little bit of a breakage in play, uh, which is you know weird, especially since uh, we I went. I mean, I wish that happened when we were covering the torch of it. Yeah, I want to see a so. fire. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm just kidding. Slow, slow your roll. I'm over kidding. Slow roll. But you know, it was still really, really solid showing over everybody. A seven-zero sweep. Uh, you know. A really, really, really solid from the tandem of Matisse Gear and Jan Kopel, uh, as well as John McDermott and Benjamin Lordy. They played really well, six to two and seven to five. Uh, they were able to win theirs, and then in singles, I mean straight sets. Everybody won theirs. Uh, that's one, something that you love to see. Uh, but you know, we're gonna get ready for Florida coming up uh, close to this, the end of this weekend. Uh, and I, that. That's going to be a good test because you're going to have a lot of these teams that have been playing outdoor all year. It's going to be their first outdoor play, uh, which is a big difference between indoor. I mean, you just got, you know, the the elements that you got to deal with. You know, just the sun beating on your back a little bit. Uh, you know, just the humidity of Florida, too. That's going to be tough, uh, you know, tough thing to change a little bit. But I think our guys got it. Nothing that we can't handle. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because pace also huge difference outdoor tennis as opposed to indoor i mean the the, the matches that we watched with uh, uh last sunday as well just proved to me like yeah the pace difference it is quick in indoor ball bounces faster returns come faster where necessarily it's more it's almost more speed as it is position in yeah. indoor i, I mean, mean i'm got, not you got like a, you don't really have the wind to deal with you don't really have kind of like the pressure difference you don't or anything. have those either it's a it's a small amount but you know it's it's definitely very visible and very noticeable when you're playing uh, because when you have to like deal with those you know bounces on the outside turf that might be a little bit more hard or a little bit more slippery because the the sun's been being down on a little bit the spin of the ball might be different maybe someone's going to have a back spin that's going to bounce a little bit farther back and you got to get ready for that so it's just a lot of different avenues that they got to be ready for that you know I think our guys will be be solid for Doran's been uh, working these guys all week, uh, especially if you wa- looked at the recap from uh, Fair State Athletics. I mean, they're just getting ready for a lot of these teams who are going to be grinders uh, when we go down to Florida. So Yeah, the fact that you mentioned tough teams and tough teams that have played outdoors all, all pretty much all year yeah. is going to be a big test, but it's a good test. I mean, over spring break, I mean, it's still pretty much you would consider exhibition. doesn't truly matter in, in the end of the regular season standings, but it's a great way to get used to outside because – it's March in Michigan, which means we could have 70-degree nether next week or we could freeze over in 10 degrees with snow. You never know what's going to happen. So there's going to be a good chance for this team to be able to get that experience against some tough competition and be able to roll it over once the outdoor comes and be able to try to defend their conference crown. Good to see. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Absolutely. But wrapping up the show, March Madness, in case you forgot, it is March 1st, and that means college basketball is heating up, and boy, has it ever. Last week, top six teams, all six of them, lost lost on the first day for the first time in college basketball history. What an unpredictable day, and really was just something that 
you have to be like, you know, were you there when this happened? It, was, <laughs> it felt like one of those kind of days. It was so wild. And also the fact that number nine, Texas Tech, also lost. That means there was seven top ten teams that all lost on the same day, which is also another record. Record-breaking day. Just unbelievable. Yeah, it's ridiculous to look at, especially when you just kind of see, like, a lot of these teams were rolling and you weren't really expecting them to lose. I mean, Auburn, you weren't really expecting them to lose at all. Arizona, you weren't really expecting them to lose because they were just – playing extremely well uh oiled basketball and i mean st mary's too when they took down gonzaga that one was i knew it was going to be a close game seeing that st mary's was in the ap top 25 uh but like you know you just don't see like gonzaga losing because they're usually a regular season powerhouse you don't really see them losing till you know the sweet 16 or the elite eight uh if so if they make it even farther than that so you know that's what you love about March uh, college basketball is anything can happen. And this is when, you know, all the hiccups happen for a lot of these teams. And some of these teams, too, that lost that to, the to you know, Tennessee, who's 13, who beat Auburn, and Arkansas, who's 14, who beat Kentucky, who's number seven. Like, these teams, you know, they're going to be moving up about maybe two or three spots. And that's going to be a big thing for them, too, when they, uh, you know, get the seeding for the national tournament. And, I mean, Purdue as well, when they lost to Michigan State, that one was a tough loss for them, uh, especially seeing that, like, dude, Tyson Walker. He's Tyson just, Walker. He's just ice in his veins, too cold. And especially to go, was it at Michigan State or was it at Purdue? Was that at Michigan State, was right? at Michigan State. Dude, that would just, that atmosphere must have just been absolutely electric. But, I don't know, March basketball, nothing like it. Yeah, I mean, I was able to catch the end of that game, and I mean, that was a big shot that Tyson Walker was able to hit, and just, you know, cold-blooded in that moment <laughs> was super cool to see, but I mean, the one thing to do note about the all-top six teams was, and it was they were all on the road, which is uh, something that you can definitely attribute to some of the yeah. losses. It's late, obviously, se- late season on the road, it really doesn't matter how bad, the, if a but team is bad or not. Yeah, it's hard. It's Every team has that accustomed to, hey, we're at home, we know we play better here, and it's just with our fans in the back, it just makes it that much better and makes it that much easier to beat yeah. teams. And, I mean, it certainly has proved itself over this year. But, I mean, in the all grand scheme of things, I mean, I saw a comparison online for an article I read um, that was uh, that kind of equivalated that whole uh, that whole series to short track NASCAR, which I thought was yeah. a pretty appropriate. You're changing positions, but ultimately you still know who's ahead in the race, right? It, it's kind of just one of those like it happened, but we're not saying, oh my gosh, now Auburn's not a t- championship title contender. We're not saying that, and we shouldn't be saying that because they're still a good team, and all of these top six teams are still there because, I mean, even though like all of them lost, the rankings for that just that the new rankings that just came out uh can reflect that and there's still a lot of teams that are in there that i mean they still lost but they're still in a position of they're still in the driver's seat for a one or a two seed right so the updated rankings if i have them here correctly gonzaga's losing to saint mary's that was a game that i was really interested in uh gonzaga's still sitting at number one and i think uh rightfully so saint mary's is a good team underrated team their their defense is a legitimate team that or a legitimate reason, I should say, that that team could make some noise in this year's tournament because they can lock down defensively, and they certainly did against Gonzaga. Uh, Arizona, despite their loss, they're sitting at two. They don't move, uh, and now they're going to be playing USC up this upcoming weekend, so that's going to be a tough matchup for them. Baylor overflips uh, Duke, Kansas, and Kentucky up to number three, uh, so that's a huge move for them, uh, especially with that win. Uh, I mean, a really crucial win over Kansas. Uh, mm-hmm. Duke... Uh, after their blowout of Syracuse, yikes, uh, move up to four. Uh, Auburn falls down to five, followed by Kansas and Kentucky, six, seven. Purdue falling to eight. Providence jumps up into nine, followed Dang. by Wisconsin into 10, as well as Tennessee moving up to 13, Arkansas moving up to 14, St. Mary's all the way up to 19. Big news for them. And also, I believe we had. The only other team that jumped into the top 25 would have been Iowa, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. But they also might have been teetering on the top in One, the, at the two, 25 spot. Three, four, five Big Ten teams in the top 25? Yep. That's pretty solid, and it's kind of spread out. I think the SEC might be pretty close as well. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, you know, it's a good mix of a lot of different conferences, something that we haven't really seen in a while because, I mean, last year it was like Big Ten dominated. I think it was, what, like almost – seven teams eight teams in the big 10 were in the top 25 as well as you know the acc was kind of dominating a little bit so it's nice to see that a lot of these teams are like spread out through a lot of conferences and we'll see that especially with uh march madness how it's not going to be kind of dominated with anything like that but the one thing too that i'm super excited for is just you know bracket time 
you know, making, making the brackets are going to be coming out probably next week uh, at some point. So make sure you fill it out for spring break and get ready for that. But, dude, March Madness is here. We're ready. March 1, 20, 2022. I can't wait. You got any early predictions for who's going to take the chip? Early predictions. I mean, you know how much I love the Bears and how much goodness they've given me. I should definitely be on that train. Mm-hmm. Them sitting at number three. Uh, definitely one that I would be considered in. Uh, but I mean, I'm looking at a lot of these teams down here. Uh, would you are you are you requesting for contenders or are you questing for sleepers? A little bit both. Like true. who are you? Who, I mean, I kind of think that Duke's going to go far this year, okay. especially with Coach K's last year. They're going to be playing, you know, with a little bit more of a a fire under them and a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder. I think Wisconsin's going to do pretty solid. Uh, I think they'll probably get maybe past the round of 32, maybe into the Sweet 16. We'll see with that. Uh, I'm excited to see what Auburn's able to do. Uh, Baylor, too. I think a sleeper pick is probably going to be St. Mary's. Uh, that one's going to be uh, one of the dark horse picks. Uh, Murray State, as well, is back in the top 25. Yes. We haven't really seen too much of them since the John Morant days. So I'm excited to see if they're kind of going to make a run again as well. Uh, and they could be a kind of a sleeper pick, but we'll see. Yeah, I, if I were to pick my favorite right now to win it all, uh, I mean, I would put Gonzaga up there. But I'll tell you what. I don't buy the the number one overall Chet Holmgren hype. I don't buy that. He's I don't once he like finds, it. Once he's I don't know because like he's he's really talented as a shooter and he's like a very talented big man shooter. But I think when you get down to the post and he meets a team that's gonna have a guy who you know has a little bit more meat on his bones and is able to kind of jostle him around down to the paint, he's gonna struggle. And I think that's gonna be the main reason why Gonzaga's gonna lose because it just takes one one big man who can lock him up and kind of hold him to you know just over double digits or single digit points, and that's a big avenue of their scoring and a big avenue of their points that just kind of goes out the window. So I think Gonzaga is going to be a team to watch out that's going to go out early. I think they have a possibility for that. They're going to kind of continue their reputation in that team. Uh, but there's some there's some other teams. Houston I'm pretty excited to see as well. Uh, we haven't seen them since Michigan took them out a couple years ago. Uh, and that, oh, yes, sir. And then Texas Tech as well. Uh, they're kind of rolling, rolling to 23-7. and seven, So, you know, there's a lot of teams who could be sleepers. Uh, I'm excited to just see kind of the 11 seeds and down, uh, like when uh, it, like the actual bracket comes out. Like, mm-hmm. not the 11th seed, like, Villanova and down, but, like, champs. the lower conference champs and mm-hmm. stuff and see who comes in there because, you know, you definitely know we're going to be seeing loyal or what is it? Loyal Chicago probably again. They've been having well, a great the, season. They're at the first four out at the moment. Really? So they got some fighting mm. to do. They're twenty two and seven right now. So they got they, some work to do. Yeah, but they got some they got some much needed work to do. But they're there's, America's sleeper. They'll, yeah. They'll they'll find their way I'm in. I'm excited right? to see the sixteen seeds. If there's gonna be any fifteen versus two upsets, that's gonna be a cool uh thing to see. But hey, you know, hopefully there's f- a lot. You put in Ferris State, sixteen one upset, mark it down. That would be an instant classic. For I sure. I would love to see that. But okay, I haven't made my picks. I've been I've been stalling. Uh, I I honestly I, what the heck Baylor. I I want Baylor to repeat. I I like what that team shows both offensively and defensively. The complimentary side of that team is what I really like about them the most. And I'm not just going to be a homer because they helped me win it last year, but I'm going to be a homer because they helped me pick it last year. So I hope they do well. Uh, I don't buy the Kansas hype or the Purdue hype because we've seen this before. Dominant regular seasons and early tournament exits. I don't have any confidence in those two teams at the moment. Uh, one, So I'm kind, of, I'm kind of sleeping on them a little bit. I'm pushing them off to the side. I personally like Duke because they're more dimensional than Kansas. Uh, but I do like what um, Gonzaga, Arizona, and Auburn bring as well. Typical one seats are going to dominate. But we saw that about Illinois last year. It's true. We know how that worked out. And I don't even believe – I believe they're number 20 right now. Ouch. Yeah. But I think one sleeper that I really like at the moment – uh, they haven't been playing as great of as late as they were early in the year, but uh, would be the one or the the one ranked team higher than your pick from St. Mary's, which is the number 18 seeded Huskies of UConn. Mm. I really like what that team has brought. They're 21 and seven. They've dropped some. They've dropped some bad games. I mean that's that's pretty obvious. But yeah. when I mean they've played, they kind of have played up and down to their competition a little bit. 
which I, I mean, it, yeah, obviously can be a little scary when it comes. To, I mean, tournament time, but I mean, they've won their last five games and they've been they've been taking care of some teams. They upset uh, Villanova just a couple of days ago, so that's a huge win for them. So really being able to play on the road at the same consistency would be a question mark, especially with a neutral site game. Uh, but I mean, what that thing that team can do with efficiency offensively and defensively has been really really cool to see for me. And that's a team that I'm going to be keeping my eye out just a sliver. Yeah. But obviously, you know, Michigan's going to win it all the way as an 11 seed, right? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. You know it's going to happen. But March Madness is here. Very excited to see what's going to happen with this tournament. A lot of conference tournaments going to be wrapping up at the end of this week. But Brandon, should we end the show here? I guess we will. I mean, I I really want to talk about the lockout. We can talk about that Thursday. You know what? Let's save it for Thursday. Maybe we'll bring on an expert to talk about that mm, episode. I think what know do you guys who we're think? talking about, too. I think you all know who we're talking about. There might be some mixed feelings there. Just kidding. We love <laughs> we'll you, Adam. See, yeah. But we don't love your opinions. But <laughs> we'll get to the MLB lockout on Thursday as the deadline is coming up at 5 o'clock. Will we have suspended regular season games? You'll have to find out. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate all the listens here on all of our lovely platforms, including YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all six others that I forget to mention <laughs> every single time on this show because there's too many to count. But don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Joe. At the MVSP. Absolutely. As well as subscribe for more epic content coming. I hear there's some MV3s in the mix. I mean, they're starting mm, to get there back could into be. it. There could be some MV3s in the mix. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, our bracket show's coming up. For our sure. Our mock draft's going to be coming for up. For sure. Oh, boy. You're going to want to stick to Fire content coming your way. Fire in fuego. <laughs> Any other language for fire in the book? Not Insert. really. Insert. What? You could say well, I mean, fire from other could, languages. I don't really know what it is. I'm going to Google it right now. I'm just kidding. We're no, gonna I was going to say, we should, we should, we're, we're rambling. We're rambling. We're rambling. We're, should we just keep you guys on the air for like another two minutes? I'm sorry. We'll just continue <laughs> on. But until next time. Take care, everybody.